0: verse 19 in your patience possess ye your souls the Amplified says by your steadfastness and patient endurance you shall win the true life of your souls there's a life in your soul there that is to be one your soul is to be possessed it must come under the government of the word of god the spirit of god and the blood of jesus hebrews chapter 10 verse 39 says that we are not of those who draw back onto perdition but of those that believe to the saving of the soul we believe to the saving of our, of our souls, we are steadfast, we are persevering, we are patient, we are enduring, and we stay the course until the soul is won. The Bible says in James 1 verse 21, to receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. When you are born again, your spirit is absolutely, totally and perfectly saved. Your spirit is is enveloped and filled with Christ and the very life of Christ himself. Your spirit is blessed and has every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. There is nothing in your spirit that is any way rebellious against God. In fact, you delight in God after your inner man. But your soul is not like that. Your soul is, is to start out with when you get born again, there is absolutely no change in your soul. Your soul still thinks like the world, Still has a temperament like the world. He still has a will and attitudes and so on very much like the world. And it's not underneath the government of the Holy Spirit. It's not underneath the government of the Word of God. And it's not underneath the government of the sacrifice of Christ or the blood of Christ. And God wants us, but we need to have that soul to come in line. Because without it coming in line, it... it um. There is so much difficulties that we endure that God wants us to be free from. God loves us. God loves you. God don't want you to live in agony and pain and and all the torment that can come through the soul arena. You see, the soul arena, if it is not checked, if it is not brought under control, is an open door to confusion, oppression, anxiety, bondages of all sorts. It is an open door for unbelief. It is a place where unbelief grows and, and festers. It is a place where, where is this, the, the, there is discouragement and, and anger and, and mood swings and, and all of these things that came into the human race because of the fall. It is what the devil accomplished. True Adam's fall in the human race. But Jesus came, shed his blood, died, shed his blood, was resurrected, and everything else for the very purpose of destroying the works of the devil and undoing what the devil did. Now, if if Jesus' sacrifice was not successful in undoing what the devil did, then it would mean that what that, That what the devil accomplished in Adam is greater than what God accomplished in Christ. And the Bible says that's not so. It says where sin abound, grace abounds much more. What the devil did in Adam, God has loosened it. He's undone it. He's overcome it in Christ to the point that you and I are to be more than conquerors as a result of what Jesus has done. Amen. But however, within your spirit, you have all of this victory, you have all of this liberty, you have the very life of Christ, blessed with every spiritual blessing, free indeed, supernaturally empowered, filled with the Holy Ghost, and and all of that. But but, but because this is in your spirit, it has to be brought out. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Your spirit is pregnant, and is filled with God. Amen? And you're sealed by the Holy Ghost. But it's not that way in your soul. It's not that way in your body. But God, the will of God is that both your soul, your spirit, soul and body will be underneath the government of the Spirit of God. For that reason, it says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23, Paul says, I pray God that your whole spirit and your whole soul and your whole body would be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. So it is the will of God that your soul, all of your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your, your intellect, your, your um, attitudes, will all come, on and come into that place of blamelessness, come into that place of liberty, come into that place of freedom. It is the will of God. But it is not automatic. It is not automatic. The Bible says that you and I are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, all of that life and liberty and peace and joy and victory that you have in your spirit, you are to draw it out. You are to draw it out of your spirit, bring it into your soul, and even get it into your body and into your environment. Amen? Hallelujah. But um, now... The, the, no, and this is what we want to talk about today, going through that process, going through that process so that we can get to the place where your soul is, is so delivered from the torment, from the manipulation of the enemy and of the environment. Amen? Hallelujah! Now I'm not saying it's an easy process, but it is available. Praise the Lord. Scripture has come to my mind. In fact, the Bible says in in um, Matthew chapter eleven and verse twenty nine, where it says, where Jesus says, "Learn of me, I am I am meek and I am lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls." He says, learn of me. There's somehow or the other that, He says, you can be yoked together with me. You can be swallowed up in me. Let me be so in charge. Be so clothed with Christ. Have that meekness. Have that humility. Have that yieldedness. Have that lowliness of mind. And if you can come into that place, you will have rest and peace in your soul. Amen. How many of you want to be there? Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Independent of anything else alright now um, what are we talking about about coming on need in the independent coming on and need the, the government of the Spirit of God and the Word of God the Bible says in 1st epistle of John chapter 5 and verse 8 it says there are three that they bear witness in the earth the Spirit and the water and the blood and these are green one now we know that the water is a type of the Word of God So then there are three here on earth where we live physically. The spirit, the word, and the blood, and the three agree in one. The Amplified says that these three are in unison. Their testimony coincides. In other words... There is, what the, in other words, when the, Word, when the Spirit of God speaks up and says, this is how it is, the Word of God, said, the Word of God um, rises up and says, yes, this is how it is. And then the blood of Christ and the sacrifice of Christ rises up and says, this is how it is. And in the courtroom of God, so to speak, when you have the witness and the testimony of the Word and the blood and the Spirit of God, the case is closed. It's over. Victory. Amen? That that scripture will actually lead on to a place where it says that um, in verse 15, I think it is, or verse 14, that this is the confidence that we have. There is a tremendous confidence, victory, and liberty when we can get those three forces, when we can get our soul underneath the government of the spirit of God, the word of God, and the sacrifice of Christ. Now let me just say something regarding the spirit of God just for a moment. Jesus said to the disciples after they, after they were born again, after Jesus was resurrected and everything else, He says, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He also said in another place, it's better for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit will not come. He said, it's better for you that I go ahead and offer myself as a sacrifice, be resurrected and sit in the Father's right hand. It is better for you that after I have done all of that, for, for me to do that and for the Holy Spirit to come. Amen? And again, he, and, and again, he also said that, um, that um, when I leave here, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. But I'm going to send another comforter that is going to be like me. He is the Spirit of Truth and he will be with you all the time, lead you and guide you into all truth. What was he saying? He was saying that given the sacrifice of Christ, given what I'm gonna do, when it is done, you're gonna need the Holy Spirit to testify to all that I have done. The Holy Spirit testifies and agrees and bears witness and works with the sacrifice of Christ and every aspect of it. Amen? In other words, and I got this phrase that I heard. The Holy Spirit is the seal of the sacrifice of Christ. And the Holy Spirit is the comforter, he is the teacher, he is the one that brings enforcement, he is the one that gets the job done, he is the one that performs, He's the one that does, that, that does this transformation that will bring your soul from where it was when, you were, when when you were in the world and you weren't born again to where it needs to be. Which is totally underneath his government. The Bible says he was at work within us, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So we do not want to leave the Holy Spirit out of it, amen. But also there is the Word of God. Why is it so important for us to have to to, to for us to bring the, for us to have our soul under the government of the Spirit of God? And the Bible says, I'm referring to that issue of the government of the Spirit of God. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 8, it says that we are in the ministration of the Spirit. Now how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? The Amplified says, why should not the dispensation of the Spirit, this spiritual ministry, whose task it is, To cause men to obtain and be governed by the Holy Spirit. To be be governed by the Holy Spirit. How shall not this ministration be attended with much greater and more splendid glory than what we saw operated in Moses' ministry? It goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 7, Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the Spirit has Lordship, where He is in charge, where it is His government ruling, there's going to be what? There's going to be liberty, freedom. So God wants you and I, wants our soul to come into this place where it has freedom, where it has liberty. The Bible says in 3 John, chapter, 3 John verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things, or I pray, I desire above all things that you might prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. In other words your prosperity, your prosperity physically in terms of health, your prosperity financially, your prosperity in your relationships, your prosperity in your mind, your prosperity mentally in every area it is he said I desire God says this is my heart. I desire for you to prosper. I want you to be to be to be full and flourishing and, and, and strong and healthy and whole and victorious and free, but it is according as your soul prospers. Amen. And he goes on to say, For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and they testified of the truth that is in thee. Even as you walk in the truth. So abiding in truth and walking in truth is connected to your soul prospering. And there is no greater truth than Jesus is the truth. And all that Jesus is, he is because of his very own sacrifice. All that he is right now. The place he's been elevated to. The fact that he's been made heir heir of all things. The fact that he's been given all power both in heaven and on earth. All that he is. The fact that God the Father calls him God. So that there is now a man in the Godhead. The man Christ Jesus. All of that is because of his very own sacrifice. How awesome that is. So he who is the truth is all that he is because of the sacrifice. So the very sacrifice in and of itself is the embodiment and is the details of truth. So he says, look here, I want your soul to prosper. I want, your, I want you to prosper, but it's going to be in relationship to your soul prospering. And I rejoice when I hear that you're walking in the truth. I rejoice when you get a hold of this sacrifice, the reality of being crucified with him, resurrected with him, having the authority of his name, having, having being washed by his blood, free from condemnation and insecurity and, and shame and unforgiveness. And Unforgiveness, for instance, and bitterness can literally twist your soul. It, can, it causes hardship. It's an open door for the enemy. So he says, look, I want you to walk in the truth. I want you to walk in the reality of the sacrifice. I want you to, to, to walk in it I want, and I rejoice when I hear you do. And it goes on to say, there is no greater joy that I have but that to know that my children are walking in truth. There is this thought that the Lord ceded to me the other day which is from Colossians 2 verse 6 that basically says as you have received Christ so walk ye in him and what I heard was as you have received the sacrifice of Christ so learn to walk in that sacrifice amen so why is it so important of possessing the soul because prosperity in whatever area is dependent on it it is an issue of truth the Bible says in 1st Peter 1 and verse 22 it says, um, "Purify your the your souls, or whether you have purified your souls by obeying the truth, by doing the truth, by declaring and receiving and walking in the reality that it's no longer I, but it's Christ that lived in me. In walking in the reality of what the blood has done for your life, and declaring it and speaking it and walking it out. Hallelujah! That salvation." And then again, why is it so critical? Because that salvation that is in you, you work it out with fear and trembling. Your deliverance is hooked up to it. In fact, the only reason you need de- deliverance is because of the problems within the soul. Amen? And it says with joy, do we draw from the wells of salvation. Now, let me interject this as well. We, we quoted this scripture last week. 1st Peter chapter 1 verse 8 to 9. Which says, um, we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of our faith, the salvation of our souls. So it says, the end of our faith is the salvation of our souls. In other words, our, our faith doesn't come to maturity and doesn't come to that place where it's impenetrable by the enemy until... We get to the place where the soul is saved. And when the soul is underneath the dominion of the Holy Ghost. In other words, once the soul is not there, and I don't know about you, but I don't think any one of us has quite arrived there. We were on the way though. Amen. Say, I've left the station. (laughs) Amen. All right, okay. But but what happened is, you see, we're on the way there, and that is why we hold fast that is why it's with patience and perseverance refusing to quit, refusing to give up, having that endurance that we will come to that place of, of, of the saving of the soul. Coming to that place where it is now possessed. But on but the way what happened is if we are not diligent to make our calling and our election sure if we are not diligent to take certain actions then what happened there is that vulnerability that can cause us to faint, cause us to become weary, cause us to become discouraged, cause us to, to, to slip into a place of unbelief, etc, 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 and as a result not receive the fulfillment of whatever God has promised. Amen? But uh, which is not to say that you gotta be perfect for everything to work out. Amen? Thank God for the grace and the mercy of God. But in fact while I'm on that point let me say this. Even though sometimes, even though we, not, we haven't yet arrived, we we can still apply the principles of the word of God. Believe you receive it. Hold fast to your confession without wavering, etc., etc. But it is for that it is for that very reason that because we have here the right, it is for that reason why the, the word of God will say, "Forsake not the assembling together of yourselves." Why, that you might provoke one another to love. Why, that you might comfort one another. Right? With the comfort of which you've been comforted with. And there's a verse of scripture um, that says that we might comfort one another with the common faith. Comfort one another with this commonality that we have in the confidence that we have in the sacrifice. You have a brother there and they're having some difficulty in that area. You were able to remind them about some aspect of the sacrifice. Amen, It is the reason why, because we haven 't yet arrived that 's why we need one another. The Bible says, Bear you one another burdens, and so what? fulfill the love of Christ. That is the reason why we have a high priest that ever lives to make intercession for us. That is the reason why, when we don 't even know what to pray for as we ought, what do we do? We pray in the spirit, we pray in other tongues. Why? because we haven 't yet arrived, and we need help. We need a help of, in fact, the Holy Spirit. The reason Jesus says, better for you that I go away, because if I don't go away, the helper, say the helper. helper. The helper cannot come. said, the Holy Ghost, is my helper. And I'm telling you, the area you need the most help is in your soul. Oh, yes. Amen? Yes. So he helps you. Yes. He helps you, and that is why when you cooperate with him, even in the realm of praying, when you don't know what to pray for as you ought, what happens? You are able to release him to be your helper, you are able to 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 allow him to help you, to pray for you, to take a hold together with you, and he has, he lifts up the heavier side and you take the lighter side over there, amen. But you can take hold of it together, ain't that right? Okay, so this is not to say, in other words, the fact that we need to possess our souls and so on and so forth is not to say that, oh, I'm not there yet, therefore what am I going to do? Uh, you know, I mean, it's not going to work until I get there. Well, but in that case, you'll have to wait till you get to heaven. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. But there is a process. And it is God's will. The Bible says in, in um, uh, Luke 8 and verse 15, it says with... It says uh, regarding the harvest, the joy, no, not the joy of harvest. It says in Luke fifteen and verse fifteen. No, eight fifteen, sorry. Luke eight and verse fifteen. But but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and a good heart having heard the word they keep it they got the word the word is in their heart you receiving the word right now and they bring forth fruit with patience they bring forth fruit with patience in other words then this issue of um of of, of this same patience that you use to possess the soul this 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 remaining in remaining in confidence in what Jesus has done that same power, that same force, that same force is necessary. Why? Because it is with patience that you bring forth fruit. In other words, that force connects up with your harvest. Amen? That same force that possesses your soul connect up with your harvest. So what in other words then, when we are negligent where our heart is concerned, where our soul is concerned, and we don't do anything to bring it into that, into that place under the dominion of the Word and the Spirit and the blood of Christ, then what happens is that it affects our harvest. Amen? Because sometimes we will faint before, before, before we can reap, even though we might be in a harvest field. Are you with me? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Alright, so how then do we possess this soul how do we do this turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4 blessed be the name of the Lord Proverbs chapter 4 say I want to do this you see the Bible says we are not ignorant of the devices of the devil God has given us understanding he gives us understanding so that we can recognize the traps, the schemes of the enemy. Recognize these little um, foxes that spoil the vine. Recognizes these little tricky things that he does. And so that, we can, so that we can rise above them and so that we can quench them with the shield of faith. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Now when we're talking about the soul, we talk about the mind, the will, and the emotions primarily, okay? Now Proverbs chapter 4. Now this is a passage, let me just read it. Let me read it through first and then we'll come back. Read it from verse 20. It says, My son, attend to my words, incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are alive to those that find them, and they are health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. Keep your heart with all diligence. Don't be negligent. And that word, when you see, whenever you see the word heart, it could be a spirit or it could be a soul. Because your spirit and your soul make up your heart which lives in your body. But there are scriptures that are referring to the spirit chamber of your heart. And then there are scriptures that are referring to the soul chamber of your heart. What am I talking about? For instance, Jesus says, where do all these wicked things come from? He said they come forth from your heart. Wicked stuff. Right? And then in another place we see in 1 in first, in first, um, Peter chapter 3, verse 4, let it be the hidden man of the heart that is undefiled, that is incorruptible, that is so pure and perfect. That doesn't sound like wicked things coming out of your heart. And in another place, in Jeremiah, it says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Amen? And in... And in um, in James chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Amen. So and and there, there are other scriptures I can let me just give you one of them here just to prove it. Because you need to know, make that distinction. Because a lot of the times it is talking about your soul and not and not your spirit. Your spirit is fine. Amen. Your spirit is okay. For instance, in Romans chapter 2 and verse 29 it says but he is a Jew which is one inwardly and circumcision is of the heart. This circumcision where does this take place? It's of the heart. Where? In the spirit. Not in the letter whose praise is not of men but of God. In other words in the heart, in the spirit. In other words there is a difference. In other words in the heart and it tells you where? In that spirit part. That's the part that got circumcised. That is the part that now has God. Are you with me? Amen and we could go on. But anyway, just take that for now. But let's go back to Proverbs chapter 4. It says, So it says, guard your heart with all diligence. As we were saying, you can't be negligent, but we've got to with diligence possess our souls. We've got to do something about our souls. And don't just let it evolve. Don't just leave it to random chance. Don't just leave it to, to, you know, what will be will be. Don't do that. It says here, guard it with all what keep your heart with all diligence for out of it out of it are the issues of life I'm supposed to be reading this not preaching this at least not yet put away from you a forward mouth and, a, and perverse lips put far from you let your eyes look look right on and let your eyelids look straight before you ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established turn not to the right hand nor to the left remove that foot from evil. All right, let's go over this passage and let's use this passage to pull out a few things as to how you and I can possess, how we can possess our souls. Let us start off by, by making this statement. In Deuteronomy 32 and verse 7, it says, for you, the word is not a vain thing because it is your life. You know, I remember one time a situation many years ago where some one person would say, I mean, they were talking, they were, complaining about my preaching. How could dare they? Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, that's so forgiving. But anyway, and basically what they were saying is, if, if, if they were saying that referring to me that all it is, it's always the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. And I, I, I remember I went, and I was feeling bad, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I, I too much word. And then later on in time, I was like, hey, hey, you know? The word is not a vain thing. Yes, the word. Let it be like fronted before your eyes. Right? Day and night. I turned on it. And, I, and I saw I got delivered from that. Amen? And I hope you need to be... I don't know if you need to be delivered, but you should be delivered from people and what they think and all of that stuff. Just, just obey God and just be concerned with what God thinks. Amen? Doesn't mean you want to be respectful and nice and sweet and gentle and kind and all of that wonderful stuff. Alright, anyway. So, um... But Deuteronomy 32, 47 says the word...